Table fam. Yeah. My name is Ajayi, and I've been given the honor of sharing this short message with you all tonight. And this is something that God wants each of you in this room to hear tonight. And this is something that has transformed me even in the process of preparing. So I know we just prayed. Let's pray one more time just to center our hearts and our minds to what. God wants to say tonight. Father, thank you for your infinite wisdom. Thank you for your love that is so much more than we can understand, but you reveal to us day by day. Thank you for your son, Jesus, whom you sent, who is your very word incarnate wrapped in flesh so that we may know you personally. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving revelation to this Jesus. And we pray, Lord, now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our, all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So at the end of this month, I will officially be living four years here in Orlando. Yeah, and most of my experience in this city has actually been in Walt Disney World. I moved here for the Disney College program four years ago, and my intention was to stay working at Disney World, get a full-time, part-time position, get connected with their Disney Aspire program, which is a tuition reimbursement program to go back to school. And the role that I very gratefully got was in entertainment at the resorts and the parks. So I had this super fun job with kids and families every day, did not have to worry about logistics, except making sure I was out on time to just have fun with everyone. And I was living my best life. I even extended my program from fall 2019 when I moved in here. And to spring 2020. And then March 15th, 2020, <laughs> a little pandemic rolled on by called COVID-19, and all of the Disney College program participants got laid off, including myself. And now I was unemployed. Then I rejoined the Disney College program in July of 2021. And I got a new role, which is children's activities host. Again, super fun job. I worked at Yacht and Beach Club, and I worked at Disney's Boardwalk, super great resorts. And again, people were like, wow, you have the best job ever. And I was like, yeah, there's a little more logistics, but yeah, I basically have, all I have to do is make sure other people have fun, not too hard. And then I realized I was not fulfilled in my job. So what I did with prayer is I decided in the summer of 2022 to go to Puerto Rico for three months on a mission trip, helping rebuild homes for the hurricanes. 
And when I came back, I had all of this passion now that I've been looking for. I felt so fulfilled in international mission and evangelism. And what I came back to is unemployment. And in that, I decided, you know what? I majored in chemistry in college. I want to go back to do more STEM stuff. Let me find a lab technician job somewhere locally. All I faced was rejection after rejection after rejection until I got impatient and decided, I'm going to try real estate. Got a license. And within a month of finding a brokerage and getting trained, I did my last training and closed the laptop because it was online and said to myself, I do not want to do this. <laughs> so now I went from three years working at Disney, then changing to one month of a new job, and then being like, no, this is not it. And now I'm unemployed. I don't know what I want to do in life. I've wasted a lot of time and money getting that license. And all that I'm faced with is my brokenness. And I suspect that some of you in this room have also had those experiences when you've had to come face to face with your own brokenness. Whether you felt incompetent, felt misunderstood, whether you felt like you weren't accepted, this is a common experience that we all face in humanity. We feel broken. And we experience it in school or work. You worked really hard on that project or on that assignment, and it did not reach the standard you wanted it to. You encountered so much stress and anxiety and pressure trying to be the best at your role. And it got to the point that you realize you have fatigue and you don't have energy anymore, or you have insomnia, or you have indigestion, like physical manifestations of distress. That's a part of your brokenness, where you've been putting your work and your identity into, and all it brings is pain. You've experienced it in romantic relationships that have led to heartbreak spent all that time with this one person, and now they're not in your lives anymore. Grief. <laughs> it's real, it's legitimate grief and hurt that you're feeling, no matter how long that relationship was or how it ended, you have to do with this grief now. You experience it in friendships when you felt betrayed, you felt abandoned, you felt taken advantage of after being vulnerable with these people and you felt it with family, which is a special type of way to see brokenness and the awareness of it, not just in yourself, but in others. And then there's the brokenness that we only see in ourselves. And you come to church wanting to let that brokenness just be taken away but all you do is feel more shame and guilt when you walk in those doors. And everyone else around you looks like they got it all together, and then there's me, the broken person. And no matter how much I try, it's not working. 
the anxiety you feel is not working no matter how much you try. The things that has happened to you in your past that were completely out of your control, who can I share this with without being judged? Who, when I finally open up to someone, will say, you know what, I've been through that. I fully understand what you're going through. Is it worth the risk? And there's these thoughts in the back of your head while you're trying to put on the best smile and be like, oh, I'm just visiting. Not because the friends in the other church or in the other areas of my life have broken me, so I'm trying to find new friends or I'm trying to run away from something. I'm just here because I found you on Instagram. (laughs) But there's that brokenness and you don't know where you're going to find the hope and the freedom from it. We call our gatherings here on Tuesday nights the table, and it's because we are the banquet of the broken. So if you're coming in with that, that guilt, that shame, that nagging idea that is not of God, that you are broken and nothing can fix it and no one can help you, welcome, because that's all of us. That's why we're here. And what we have to offer at this banquet is not just cereal (laughs) or Publix chicken tenders. What we have to offer is Jesus and what he wants to do with that brokenness that you cannot find anywhere else. So we're going to look at a passage where a broken person meets Jesus. And this story is going to reveal who he is, his character, and his ministry. So we'll be in Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. That's Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. It says, on one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. As they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, But finding no way to bring him in, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the towels into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, go pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them, 
and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and filled with and they were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. Amen. Extraordinary, extraordinary indeed. This summer, our series, our series is on axioms, which means truths we live by. At the table, a banquet for the broken, we have this axiom. Jesus makes broken things whole. So let's look at the text again and see what Jesus' first response was to the paralyzed man. He looks at his faith, looks at the faith of his friends, and said, oh, I know what you want. Be healed. Rise up. Go home. No. He doesn't say that. He says right there in verse 20, man, your sins are forgiven you. Why? What is the intention of Jesus saying that? This is the first revelation of his character. Jesus gives his best first. As you can see in verses 20 and 22, Jesus is able to look into the heart. And what he saw in the paralyzed man was despair. It was hopelessness. It was emptiness. And he realized, Jesus knew, that what he needed more than physical healing was freedom from the brokenness of his soul. He was, the paralyzed man was isolated from God, the very source of life. And what he needed was that new connection. And from that isolation, we can see that sickness is not a punishment for a person's sins. It is the consequence of sin. The world, as we know it now, full of sickness, full of danger, full of evil, full of death, this is not what God intended. God created the world to be good, and he created us, humanity, mankind, to be good stewards and to rule the world in his authority. And then sin entered the world. And because of that, we've been hurt. And from our hurt, we hurt others. And the brokenness of this world and the external sources that hurts us, plus the things that we do to numb the pain that only hurts us more, only leads to more sin. And we make idols. We make it out of work. We put our identity in it. We make it out of success and what we see as success, whether that's a lot of money, a lot of material possessions, whether that is a romantic relationship that we want. And we don't know how to be content being single, some of us. We don't know what happiness looks like outside of a relationship and always wants to go to the next relationship and look towards marriage. We also put our identity in having a connection with someone else. And this source of our brokenness is not being healed. 
what we need is for our soul to be healed. And there's only one way for it to be healed. The only way to start this healing is to start from the source. And forgiveness of sins is the foundation of our healing. An example of this is when you go to get an annual physical and the doctor asks you the same question that the nurse asked you before that you already filled out when you checked in. And you're wondering if this is some kind of interrogation tactic or you don't believe me the first time, trying to make sure my stories line up. But what they're trying to find out from repeating is to see if you can add more detail to your answers, to see if there's something that is possibly causing a greater sickness down the line. And he may, he or she, the doctor may give you action steps to live a more healthy life. And it's to not just prevent symptoms from arising, but to prevent greater sickness. And Jesus himself also compares himself to a doctor, to a physician. And a good doctor doesn't treat just the symptoms. A good doctor treats the source of the illness. Now in verses 24 and 25, Jesus also brings more than this healing to the paralyzed man. So we'll read the verses again. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. Jesus challenged the paralyzed man to no longer live as he did when he first met Jesus. And every act of obedience glorifies God. And just as a paralyzed man was able to participate in his own healing and not leave his past behind, but bring it with him, we also had that same opportunity to do that with Jesus in a new and revitalizing way. And here's some practical ways to start doing that healing process. If you want to experience fullness of joy and life, it's found in Jesus. And it starts with praying and praying without ceasing. You have to do that first prayer, acknowledging that you need help and that Jesus is the only one that could bring that healing to your soul that you need. But then you don't stop there. You pray without ceasing. You bring him into every moment of your life. And you do not have anything in your life that's too small to include with prayer, to include God in that. Every single moment, it says pray without ceasing in the Bible for a reason. Because we need to be connected to the source of our life, which is God. Without that, we are working in vain. Without that, you fall back to those idols. You fall back to those things that you now know do not fill you. But praying without ceasing keeps you connected to him. The next practical step is to seek help from a healthy community of believers. 
I have a great testimony to that. The reason I'm here now and all the things that I've been able to do in life and through this ministry has been because I got connected at work thanks to a helpful friend that I met during my training in entertainment to the Disney Life Group. And it was these meetings in Disney Disney Springs every week. And we just got to know each other and also read the word and got to know Jesus better together. And through that, I realized I found my people. And we're not connected just by Disney, even though if you met Disney people, there's a lot to talk about about Disney. It it could get deep. But we were connected by Jesus, and we found that we had even more in common through Jesus and through getting to know him. And I realized the importance of life groups and even now what discussion groups are and talking about where our lives are now and where we see God working and where we don't see God working. But then the person across the room says, this is how God is working in your life. I know that because I was there or I know that because I just realized that yesterday or this morning. And through that, we're able to live life together and realize that we do not have to hide. There are people that get it. And even if they don't get it fully, they love you as Jesus loves them and as Jesus loves you. And it all started with me taking that first step, going to that first meeting, even though I had many other things that I could have done, which probably would have involved me just going to Magic Kingdom and watching Happily Ever After again. But then I realized that my time there is so much more worth it because of what I've experienced. And if you want to take that next step, you just need to find someone with a name tag or whoever led your discussion group. And all you have to tell them is, let's grab a one-on-one. You don't know what that means, but they will know. (laughs) Well-trained. And you ask them for help. And they're there to help you. Because another practical step is sharing the story of how Jesus made broken things whole in your life. And some of us have been here a while, and we've seen through many different seasons and trials in our life the results of healing that only comes from God. And sharing your story is a way to encourage others. And those leaders here who has a name tag and who don't have a name tag understand the importance of sharing their story and listening to others as well. And one example of that is me. I met Jesus, even though I had grown up in the church and I was that perfect school, basically school kid, Sunday school kid, that perfect church kid that always memorized the verses in King James Version. Mm -hmm. The D and the Dows, it still has power. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And I always said the right prayers, 
I could say the Lord's Prayer front and back, Psalm 23, front and back. But it was all a performance. I was just trying to be perfect. It was another thing to check off, another extracurricular activity for me. And then I went to college. And they always warn you, if you grew up in church, get connected to a community of believers. Most people fall away when they go to college. And I'm like, okay, I'll make friends with Christians, I guess. And I joined a community of believers, but they were different. They thought the best way to spend their time on Tuesday evenings, this is a school in upstate New York, completely not related to here, but for some reason on Tuesday evenings, they thought we'll go to the basement of the University Union, we'll sit in a small circle, and we'll pray. Okay, you guys are a little weird, but all right, I guess I'll join. And we prayed for the world. We prayed for different topics. Usually two people would meet during the week, and whatever God posts on their hearts, they share a short message. We pray about it. And one week, junior year of college, spring semester, I came, and the topic was about double-mindedness. During the day, you're one person. You do all the right things. You say all the right stuff. You smile when you need to. You do the empathetic face when people say sad things to you. And at night, you do what you want. That's being double-minded. And it says in James that being double-minded is like being tossed to and fro from the wind. It's like being on the sea and just letting the waves crash, you have no foundation. And I said, listen to the message, I realized that was me. I wasn't Christian. I wasn't following Jesus, really. I was following religion. I was following the idea of being perfect, which, as I've been saying, this message is not what Jesus wants. God does not care for the imposter that tries to be perfect in his face. God wants you. And I heard that story. And I heard that message. And I got out of my chair, went down on my knees, and sobbed in front of everybody. And I prayed to Jesus. And I said, Lord, I realize now I'm a sinner. And I've been hiding it from you, even though you know everything. But I want to give you this, this darkness, this lust that I struggle with in my dorm room when nobody's watching. I want to give it to you. Please forgive me. I don't deserve it. If you were here right now, Jesus, my tears will wash your feet. My hair is not that long, but I'll try to clean it a little bit. <laughs> and I don't have much, Lord, but I'll give you all that I have. It's just me, which is not a lot. There he was, Jesus. 
And what I felt was not judgment or condemnation. What I felt was compassion and mercy and a love that I cannot begin to explain. You have to experience it for yourself. And when I felt that, I just cried more. And he said to me, do you want to follow me? Yes. Following me does not make your life easier. This is what Jesus said. It does not make it easier. It's going to be worse. You're going to face persecution. You're going to face trials and tribulation no one else has to face. But you have me. Do you want to follow me? Yes. Where else can I go? And he reached into me, took out the darkness, and he said, see now that your sins are as far away from you as the east is from the west. You are now mine. And from then on, no matter what I face, even with facing unemployment and rejection, God has brought provision in that, but it doesn't matter having a job, having purpose and fulfillment that I have to feel good all the time, it doesn't matter anymore. What matters is that I have Jesus and he makes me whole. Because I drew near to him with my brokenness and he in turn drew near to me with his wholeness. This is the Jesus that I want to present to you. This is the Jesus I encourage you to follow Use these practical ways. Pray. Seek help. It's worth it. Where else can you go? Let us pray. I love you so much, Jesus. We love you so much, Jesus because you first loved us. Because you gave your life, your blood poured out onto the ground for us. And you did not do it just so you can get attention. You did it out of a compassion that we cannot even begin to fathom, but thank you for it. Pray now, Jesus, that as you're speaking into the hearts and minds of everyone here, I pray, Lord, that our ears would be open to hear what your spirit is saying. And I will see you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for sending your son that you saw it right and clear.